0: Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you. Let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Well, good morning Church of the Lakes and thank you for joining us for church today. I gotta be honest with you, it's a little weird. This is the first Sunday since we launched the church that I am not in the house. And uh, a little strange in that scenario, but I got to tell you, I'm really, really excited about what we've decided to do today. I'm not with you today because my daughter, Kresinda, is graduating high school, so we're at her graduation right now uh, as we speak. And so uh, pray for Dad uh, that I don't break down into tears in the moment, but uh, I'm really excited about what you're about to experience. So what you're about to experience is... 3 and 30. Here's what we're going to do. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to have three different sermons given. They get a 10-minute window each. Three different sermons, and I've asked Logan Bowen, Jonathan Holliday, and Marvin Burkholder. so three different generations, to speak to you this morning about whatever that God puts on their hearts. Although I am not there with you this morning, I am really excited about what you're about to experience, so would you please welcome to the stage Our three speakers today Logan Bowen, Jonathan Holliday, and Marvin Burkholder. Hey, church,
1: how are we doing today? All right, so I'm not going to preach to you. Um, I'm not going to lecture either. Uh, I'm going to share because I can already tell you I'm going to find some people falling asleep in their chairs if I start lecturing. So I'm going to do my best not to lecture. all right, so we all have baggage, we all have luggage, and we all have stuff. Um, the thing about our stuff is that a lot of us don't realize that it has to do a lot with the past. we hold We tend to hold on to the things that bother us the most. Uh, I want to use a little bit. Of- I'm going to use a little bit of an example. These are regular eggs. They're not scratched. They're not broken. They're perfectly fine. They're broken. They're messy. They're dirty. They're on the floor. Who wants to eat some eggs? Pastor Mike's going to kill me for that one. Anyways, so let this represent your messy past. This is to represent all your failures, regrets, all that stuff that you tend to hold on to the most. But the thing is, we can take these broken, messy, on the floor eggs and turn them into something better. I would like to call these a flamlet. That's French for floor and omelette. I don't recommend trying that. That's, yeah, I would not try that. But, anyways, so tends to be human nature to hold on to the past. It tends to be human nature to not want to let go and move forward into the future. I'll get that later. It tends to be human nature to do that, but we were not created to follow human nature. We just weren't. We're meant to break away from it and move forward because we're not supposed to confine to the world. You see, I just graduated from Eustis High School. is graduating today, and I know a lot of other youth are graduating as well. Um, And as I was going through graduation, it started dawning on me that I've been through 13 years of grade school, which is huge, and so have the other youth. And I started, like, recollecting myself, thinking about every failure, every regret, every accomplishment, everything that I know I've done right. And it's kind of like how, I don't know if you've heard about this, but sometimes when people are on their last leg of life, they kind of go through their life and think about every little thing that they've done, it's kind of like what it felt like. And as I was going through my 13 years of school, basically, it dawned on me that I'm looking at the rear view of life. I'm not looking in the windshield that's right in front of me, showing what God has planned, showing the future that He has for me. Um, you know, in Isaiah 43, 18, 19 It says, The Lord says, Forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. You see, the past for most of us is filled with scars, failures, hurts, tears, messes, you name it. But it's also filled with joy, laughter, peace, and contentment, which, let's face it, we always tend to overlook that. Always. And that's why we tend to have trouble letting go of the past. If you know me, you may know me as a little bit of an overthinker. And for my family, I can already hear an amen. <laughs> but it's because I've been an overthinker that I've realized that letting go of the past and moving forward is a never-ending battle. So, in John 16, 33, it says... I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So I want to give you two quick things on how to move away from the past and move forward. And these two things are the hardest things you're probably going to do in life. That's to forgive and forget. So, in a lot of scenarios there's the good and the bad times. In the bad times we tend to look at basically what we lost uh, or who or what causes pain. And I know forgiveness is one of those things that preachers tend to preach about a lot, and it tends to be said repeatedly, nonstop. But when I say that forgiveness is a great way to let go of the past, that's truth at its finest because it's just one of the best tools we have to combat you know, any trouble we have. So I know there's some specific circumstances where you may have caused yourself pain from your own mistakes. To that, I say you need to learn to forgive yourself. That's something that I've been facing. <clears throat> that's been something I've been facing myself. Um, there's some things that I've had to forgive myself for. That honestly, I never expected to let go of that this early in my life. And you know, in Philipp- or I know I'm not the only one. Paul in the New Testament has said in Philippians three thirteen through fourteen, it says. Oh, Says No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So, in saying that, I want to go to my second point, and that's to forget. I've heard the phrase forgive and forget multiple times. I've also heard it the reverse way, forgive but don't forget. And I'm going to tell you completely, Honest against truth, I don't agree with that. Because if we don't forget the stuff that's hurt us in the past, then we're not going to let go and move forward. We're just not. We're just going to keep dwelling on it and keep thinking it over and over and over and over again. Um, and in Isaiah forty-three 18, I'm going to recap on this. It says, Forget what happened before and do not think about the past. So this takes practice and time. Um, you know, and I'm speaking from experience here, because basically, um, like I said before, there's some stuff that I've had to let go of, stuff I've had to forgive myself for that I didn't expect to, you know, move on from this early in my life. And because of that, I can honestly tell you that for me, it's not forever. For all of you, it's not forever. Whatever you're thinking about constantly, whatever you're thinking about on a daily basis that's bothering you nonstop, it's not forever. In Job 11.16, it says, You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Now, I want to point out that... Lizzie, can you put that back up just really quickly? Alright, I want to point out that it doesn't say you maybe or might forget. It says you will forget. So don't let yourself dawn on that stuff. Um, And I'm going to track off just really quickly from the topic... I know there's some people who don't believe in Scripture. I know there's some people who do believe in Scripture. Scripture is God's Word, which is truth. If there's meaning behind it. In Romans 15:4, it says, It says, Such things were written in Scriptures long ago to teach us, and the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's per- promises to be fulfilled. So as I tell you these scriptures, please take into consideration that this is truth, this is life, this is meaning. So I'll close with this. You can't change the past. There's multiple reasons for that. One, your history is set up the way that it is to help benefit God's you know, purpose for your life. Second, scars that were dealt to you are rarely fixed. I mean, it takes a major surgery to fix some scars. And 10 out of 10, the past wasn't meant to be changed. The past is meant to benefit us, to help us grow, to help us move forward. And I want to show you guys this quick picture. Oh, my bad. I first want to show you Romans 8.28, which is... (laughs) Uh, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. But in saying that, I want to show you this picture. And I thought this was really cool. All right, so... I know that looks like a bunch of messy lines. Uh, that, that probably doesn't look like anything, not even a boat. Anyways, so think of this as your messy past. Think of this as um, troubles, trials, you've already been through, everything behind you. Okay, I'm about... Lizzie, can you show the next picture? All right, This this is what it looks like when you look to Christ to help you move forward. When you let go of the past and move forward to the future with Christ by your side you can reach a future that he planned for you. If you look, this is a picture of Jesus Christ. There's thorns at the top. You've got a space right here. Hair flowing. Don't know if you can see that or not. All right, so I'll end it with this. So, uh, Pastor Mike was helping me through this, and he was telling me, make sure it's something that you, pre- you tell them, not preach, you tell them something that they can use later on You know, not just through the week, not through the month, not through the year, but something they can use in their everyday life. So I want you guys to remember this. If anything, I want you guys to remember this. Stop looking behind you. Start looking in front of you. Because if you don't look in front of you, you're going to be hit by something unexpected. And it's because of not looking in front of us that we're going to be tied back from what we've already been through. Thank you. Uh, I want to... Please help me welcome Jonathan Holliday.
2: Give it up real loud for Logan. Real loud. I have three small kids, and I was wondering who was going to clean that mess up when he first did that. That was the first thing that went in through my mind. But um, I'm going to step away for a moment what I'm going to talk about, but there's a phrase that we come hear, especially from some of the older generation this phrase, kids these days. These are kids these days right here. Not what you see on the news, not what you hear on the radio. These are kids these days. Graduate from Eustace High School with honors, knows where he's going and what he's going to do. Kids these days, this is what we need to think about, not just the negative. All right, let's get into it. Um, And this wasn't planned. I had no idea what you were talking about and what I'm going to talk about Overlaps a little bit of what you just said. Um, So, some of you guys know I enjoy uh, running and biking. I'm I'm an endurance junkie. Um, I was not always such, but people ask me, "How do you keep running?" And I say I give them two answers. The first answer is very easy: don't stop. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You keep pedaling that bike. You keep stroking through that swim. You just don't stop. But The second answer is really the truth. You have to train. You have to condition your body. You have to not lose heart. Back 2004, it was um, the, the second year that I had gotten into running and doing triathlons, and I was in Claremont doing the triathlon series. This was a series that went all summer, and at that point I think I was in the age category of 20 to 25, and every week they would ha- or every month they would have a race, and you would get points throughout that entire series. Well, it came to the last race, and I had accumulated enough points. All I had to do was finish the race. I could literally come in last place as long as I finished the race. I would be number one champ for the entire series. And about uh, had about five miles to go. I'm on the bike portion, did the swim, and then the bike. Had about five miles to go, and I got a flat tire on my bike. Had never had a flat tire in a race before. And so I pull over, people are passing me, and I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Do I just quit? Do I just give up? I'm going to lose the race because I don't get to the finish line. But my heart said, no, you got to keep going. So I put my bike on my back, and I ran barefoot on the asphalt in Claremont five miles. People were passing me. I was literally the last person to come in off the bike. My family was there waiting for me. They knew something was wrong because I was usually in the front coming off of the bike. Well, I get back finishing the bike portion. I still have to run the run portion, which I had just ran already, had to go run again. Finally came in, finished the race, got my award. Looking back, if I had just quit that day, I would say, what could I have done to get that award, to get to the finish line, to finish the race? And it comes down to heart. We have to have heart. I'm going to go through three verses this morning. And these three verses, you can go ahead and put the first one up there, Lizzie. This is coming out of Hebrew chapter 12. I'm going to read through these three verses, and then we're going to go back verse by verse. I'm going to give you guys some points on it. So, verse number one, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scored in its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow tired, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Anybody here growing a little weary and losing a little heart this week? I did. Boy, I had it this week. Come Thursday, it was tough. My family's up in Georgia right now because we have a situation going on in our home where they can't live in it until we get some mold remediated, and it's a little bit tough on us right now. We have definitely grown weary this week and lost some heart. And I had a friend tell me, and this was tough to hear, he said, what you're going through, other people have gone through, and you're going to get through it. I did not want to hear that at that moment. I just wanted to sorrow in what we're going through. But going back, let's start in verse 1. Let's go through these verse by verse. Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, That is referring to the chapter before it, chapter 11, which is often referred to as the faith chapter. People who had amazing faith, people who screwed up just like you and I do but had faith in God used them. It says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I want you to know that every single one of you, we are all unique, but our situations are not unique. The problems and the struggles that we go through are not unique. The the problems that we have, other people have gone through those problems. The question is, are we going to stop, or are we going to keep moving forward? Next, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. I think some of us are carrying some extra weight around. We're carrying some extra baggage. I love hiking on the Appalachian Trail. My brothers and cousins and uncles, we have gone hiking on the Appalachian Trail several times. When we go hiking on the Appalachian Trail... We carry a pack on our back that's loaded with about 50 pounds of stuff that we need for the week. And every day we will walk, run, hike 10 to 15 miles. Last month, I ran a 50K race, which is basically 10 5Ks back to back. If I was to run that same race with that 50 pound pack, I would probably still be out there running that race after a month. When I ran that race, I carried a water bottle. Oftentimes in life, all we need is the water bottle to get through, but we're carrying a 50-pound pack. We're carrying a lot of extra weight. And here it tells us that we need, we need to throw off everything that hinders, the extra weight and the sin that so easily entangles. Don't you just love that, that language there, the sin that so easily entangles? When I think of entangled, I think of Christmas lights. At my house, we, we, we deck the house out in Christmas lights. And I fold those lights up so nice and package them so nice and put them in a tubware box so nice and I gently load them back up in the attic. That's the week after New Year's. And then the week of Thanksgiving, we carefully get those back out, carefully open the lid up and we pull out one strand and they all come out and then you're doing this thing trying to get them all done. How do they get so tangled up? How does sin entangle us so easily. Mm. Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. I think with social media, we're often trying to run the race that's marked out for somebody else instead of the race that's marked out for us. God has a race for you. It's not for your neighbor. It's for you. And God says that you need to run with perseverance. Back um, 11 years ago, I was competing in the Florida Ironman, which is... Um, 140 miles, swimming, biking, and running. And uh, you do the swim first, the bike, and then the run. And I had about six, seven miles left in the run portion, so I was at mile 132 or 133. And I had a tendon in my leg that tore. And at the Florida Ironman, you do two, lo- two loops on this run course, and it starts and finishes at the hotel, the big uh, boardwalk inn up in Panama City Beach. And when I was headed back in that tendon tour, I, I could hear the music coming from the finish line. I could hear the noise. I couldn't see it. And that tendon tour, and I said, I, I, somehow I just got to get back. And I started hobbling. And then I would run for a little bit, and then I'd have to sit down. And then I'd get up, and I'd hobble for a little bit, and then I'd run, and then I'd have to sit down. And the further I got... The more that I persevered, the noise was getting louder, and I was one mile, one mile. There was a turn that you take, and it's one mile to the finish line, and I just didn't know if I could do it, and I heard, I heard a noise. I heard, I heard, Joe, Joe. That was my friend, Kenny LaRoe. Kenny calls me Joe Nathan, and he was behind me. He and I, we had ran the race that day. I had passed him on the swim and the bike. And was expecting him to finish about 30 minutes behind me and I heard Joe. I said, Kenny! I said, I can't do it. He said, Get up, we're going to the finish line. Sometimes we need those people in our life that will help us persevere, that will pick us up and carry us on. And we sprinted. We sprinted to the finish line. That last mile, I don't remember any pain. And I crossed that finish line and I heard some words from a friend of mine. His name is Tom Zebart. Tom Zebart lives in Howie in the Hills. And Tom Zebart was the announcer that day, and he said, Jonathan Holiday, you are an Iron Man. If I had quit that day, I would never would have heard those words. There's a finish line waiting for you and I. God's waiting for you. He's waiting to accept you. And in life, it's easy just to quit and just to give up. Verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. When I hear that, I think of Jesus being the finish line, waiting for us. But he's saying, don't give up, keep going. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the author. He's the one writing your story. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the trials that you're going to go through. Man, they suck sometimes. Can I say that in here? Is that all right? Okay. They suck sometimes. Life is hard. Life is hard sometimes. But he's the author of it. He's the one writing your story. He knows what's going to go on. And when you hear the words, Jesus doesn't care, he's not with you, that's not from God, that's from the enemy. And Thursday, that's what I was hearing. I was hearing, you know, God doesn't care. And I had a friend tell me, God cares, he knows what's going on, he's going to get you through this. He's the perfecter of our faith. What we're going through, God's going to use to perfect our faith. And man, this just, this gets heavy right here. Who for the joy Set before Him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand of the throne of God was the finish line for Jesus. And He endured the cross. He persevered through the cross because He was, as you just said, looking. He was looking ahead. He wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking at what came after the cross. That day in Panama City, I was looking what came after the finish line. And I knew that I had to keep on keeping on. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's easy to lose heart. But when we put our eyes back on Jesus and we put our eyes back on the purpose that He has for you and the race that He has marked for you, He will get you through it. When I think of quitting, there's a chapter in Isaiah. And Lizzie, you don't have this, so don't worry about it. There's a chapter in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. And it says, To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look toward the heavens. Who created all of this? It's he who brings out the starry host one by one, and he calls every single one of them by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not even one of them are missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens and the earth? He does not grow tired and weary and his understanding. We can't even fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and He increases. Because even youths grow tired and weary. And young men, we're going to stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I'm telling you, if you're tired and you're weary today, Jesus is the only strength. He is the only strength. Life is going to stink at times, and He's the only strength. I leave you with this. This comes, this is what our kids get. This came from my kindergarten and first graders. So you guys that are helping out over there, thank you. Because I leave you with a truth that they have on a little pamphlet they get. Perseverance. Refusing to not give up when life gets hard. Life is hard. Don't give up. Thank you. And now, Mr. Marvin Burkholder.
3: Thank you. I got one one, one chair member out there, so that's some tough stuff to follow there. <clears throat> well, Mike, Pastor Mike told me to hold it under two hours, so uh, I appreciate uh, uh, Logan because we do look back. I appreciate Jonathan about running the race. But today, I want to ask two questions, two things that we have to resolve in our own minds, in our own hearts. Excuse me. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Take that first part of that that verse that says, in the beginning God, just stop right there. Do you believe that? Genesis 1, one, in the beginning God that's the basis of all faith. If you don't believe that everything else is irrelevant that you heard today. If you don't believe that everything that everything I've said today everything that we believe is mute. You have to take Genesis one, 1 in the beginning God and understand that that's beginning of faith that's issue number 1 you have to resolve because that is the foundation of the world that's the foundation of what we who we are he created us to serve him worship him he created that he created that you have to believe that he is who he says he is The second thing you have to resolve, if you go to Romans 8:31, says, "What then shall shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us?" That right in the middle of that is two words: "If God." If God is for us, who can be against us? There's some statements I want to write. Have you understand? One, it's all about. This is going we'll to talk about the cross for a second. Uh, God sent Jesus to walk to the road to the cross. That's grace. We have to understand what grace is. That's God's forgiveness. Second thing is, God sent Jesus to hang on the cross. That's salvation. Number three. Jesus died for our sin. That gives us our freedom. And number four, Jesus rose from the grave. That gives us power. Now, if, you, if you're a Christian, you understand that concept. And that's what we believe. We understand that God sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. But it doesn't stop there. Philippians, 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I want to camp out here for a minute. Fear and trembling is not about uh, God, feeling like God's going to take care of and wipe us out. Fear is like that awe, that respect that God created all this for us and in order for Duke in order for us to worship and praise him for what he did for us he created this for our enjoyment Jonathan was telling me about some of those some of the things that happened this week uh, Satan was really on a rampage this week with trying to destroy and tear down and mess mess a bunch of things up it didn't happen he tried his darndest. He didn't happen. And I'm just thankful. First of all, I want to say thank you for all the prayer warriors in the church here. They're, they, ooh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I want to read, a, I want to read a, a paragraph that I found in a book this week. And I don't know who the author was. But let me back up a minute. Uh, if, we are, if we are Christ followers, we have to work out our salvation. And in order to work out our salvation, uh, first of all, you you have to understand that you are a Christ follower. But second of all, working out our salvation is very different from working for our salvation. When Paul tells believers they need to work out their salvation, he is simply explaining that the wonderful gift they freely receive from God is inside them. We bring out those beautiful attributes and character traits by faith. So working out our faith is inside us, I mean, sorry, working out what is inside of us happens by faith. And that goes back to Genesis 1-1 where faith begins. When I was 25, someone asked me a question, and, he, and it was really, made me open my eyes and said, when are you going to start living instead of existing? And it hit me at, back at the age of 25. This is right before I met my wife. which is another long story, but like I say, I could go on for. But uh, it took me for a whole new, a whole new way of thinking. That I was just existing. I wasn't really living. And when I turned that over to God, a couple years later, I mean, I was struggling with. Trying to find a, a mate, and two years later, I was I was on my way to get, be getting married. Thirty-one years later, you know, and I'm just so thankful that I waited for God. I waited for what God had uh, had for me, the purposes He had for me. But that's when I realized that it was I had to work out my own salvation. Your salvation is not Pastor Mike's salvation. Your salvation is not my salvation. Your salvation belongs to you. And how you see it and how you feel it is up to you. I can't tell you what's best for you, what works for you. It's all about you and your relationship with Christ. Today, in order to not look back in order to run the race and finish strong you have to work out your salvation and how it pertains to you. Finishing strong is important because you need to figure out uh, what's it going to take you to get to the end. In today's society We're drawn with so many different questions, so many different people coming at us from so many different angles and so many different beliefs. And if we don't know what we believe, it's hard to stand strong. It's hard to run that race when we get things thrown at us and we get battled and we get the negativity. So it's time we just stand strong. It's time we work out our salvation. It's time we focus. On who God is and what God wants us to do, this week my uh, my middle son uh, his appendix burst, and uh, it's been a long week, <laughs> but when you sit in the hospital waiting for recovery <laughs> and stuff like that, you have a lot of time to think and I was <clears throat> I was sharing with someone this morning about. You know, you rethink your priorities when you're sitting in a hospital. You rethink – I'll be the first one to admit I'm a workaholic. My name is Marvin Burkholder. I mean, I just uh, – unfortunately, it's who I am. But I realized this week that uh, I need to be careful because time is slipping away. And. And you can chase after so many things in the world. But what am I doing for Christ that's going to last? And that's, where, that's why we're here today. Is to say, are you, finish, are you going to finish the race well? In order to do that, though, you really need to work out who you are in Christ. Work out your salvation and what is it he calls you to do. I just don't want you to exist, I want you to live. I don't want you to just, just be part of the world. I want you to live for Christ and be who God wants you to be. And without getting too preachy, there's a world going to hell out there, and it's our responsibility to reach into the community and reach them and grab them and, and share God's Word. Plant those seeds, water those seeds, and allow the Holy Spirit to do His thing. So today, my challenge today is that today, May 26th, that you start living and stop just existing. I don't care if you're, if you're 21 or 101, today, start living, not just existing. Part of that Part of that process I'm going to plug is life steps. If you haven't gone through life steps, go through life steps that helps you find your purpose. It helps you find out who you are and helps you get direction and clarity on on what your plans are for the future here, here at Church of the Lakes. Second of all, get into a small group. We preach it circles are better than rows, and we believe it. So get into a get into a small group. And third, just plug in somewhere. Serving people. When you serve people, you realize how much how much better you feel when you serve people. So today I'm challenging you to get start living and not just existing. So let's pray. Father, today we heard about stop looking at the past and all the all the baggage and garbage of the day and father help us to just block that that stuff out stuff that happened yesterday the day before we can forget the hurt we can forget the drama we can forget everything but help us to remember the faithful how faithful you were to bring us through all those areas of our lives when, when those things happen and Father, when we're in the middle of running the race, there's going to be hurts, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be things that are, that are going to try to disrupt us. And Father, right now, I just ask that you help us to stay strong, help us to stay focused on, on running that race. we've been challenged today, Father, and I ask that there's someone out here that just needs a a touch from you. There's somebody out here that just needs a word from you. There's somebody out here that just needs a, a, some kind of inspiration from you, Father. I ask that you'll just send the Holy Spirit, Father, and just pierce their hearts right now. Father, if somebody needs to receive you for the first time, Father, I ask that you will just uh, just tug at their hearts. Now, Father, I just ask that you will just guide us through the rest of the week. And we just want to thank you, Father, for who you are. We want to thank you for the freedom of living in the country like we we have, the freedom to be able to just worship you. And we just want to say thank you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.